2: Yes, it is. And a glorious Thursday past 10 o'clock as we roll on this Thursday, the 20th morning of the second month of the year of our Lord 2020. It was a glorious night last night as the Democrats did indeed cannibalize themselves. The biggest victim was probably the one who deserved it most. And excuse me, that was former New York Mayor Mike Bloomberg.
3: I'd like to talk about who we're running against a billionaire who calls women fat broads and horse faced lesbians. And no, I'm not talking about John. Donald Trump, I'm talking about Mayor Bloomberg, Democrats are not going to win if we have a nominee who has a history of hiding his tax returns, of harassing women, and of supporting racist policies like redlining and stop and frisk. Look, I'll support whoever the Democratic nominee is, but understand this. Democrats take a huge risk if we just substitute one arrogant billionaire for another. That
2: was Elizabeth Warren, perhaps the most pointed criticism of Bloomberg on the night. But Bloomberg was not going to be just beaten up. He was going to make sure to take a bite out of the frontrunner as well. The frontrunner, of course, being Bernie Sanders. This is what Mike Bloomberg had to say about Bernie. And you can tell that the Democrats did not like it at all. And we're not going to fire, are we? Doggone it. We keep having problems with the audio. My apologies, of course. What uh, Mike, Mike Bloomberg did say was that Bernie Sanders uh... is a communist he essentially said that we uh... the american people are not going to embrace uh... communism they're not going to throw out capitalis- capitalism the democrat uh, uh... rest of the democrat stage oohed and odd and gasped at that one but they took some real bites out of one another joining us now to analyze that and much more is our friend dr everett piper who joins us uh... every week at this time dr piper a best-selling author he is also a columnist at the washington times and he's the former president of oklahoma wesleyan university dr piper good morning
4: Good morning.
2: How you doing, Bob? Uh, I'm enjoying myself. I did not expect to enjoy the debate last night. I try not to watch those things. I look for highlights. But last night, i got to tell you, it was a, an incredible thing to see. As Mike Bloomberg, who bought his way onto that stage, which is what everybody resented, I think, that was on that stage, who fought through Iowa, who fought through New Hampshire, who's been in the primaries, uh, who have debated with one another, all he did was spend $400 million on uh, campaign ads and surged to at or near the top of the Democratic polls. What was your takeaway last night, Dr. P- Dr. Piper?
4: Well, here we have the description of the Democratic Party. We have a crazy Uncle Joe who can't think his way out of a paper bag, who has run out of one presidential primary years ago because he's a proven plagiarist, i.e. a liar, in terms of the material that he wrote while he was a younger man. We have a pathological liar who has uh, portrayed herself as being a minority when, indeed, she's not. She's portrayed herself as being removed from teaching positions in Oklahoma when she was in her younger years, when indeed she was not. We have a communist, (laughs) self-declared communist, who has written sexual pornography in his younger years, where he extols the virtues of um, multiple partners in rape and how women fantasize about that. That's Bernie Sanders, of course. And then we have the former mayor of Sodom and Gomorrah, Pete Buttigieg. This is the Democratic Party. This is a party that has no values. This is a party that is vacuous in every way. This is a party of opportunism. And now we have Michael Plumpert running onto the stage, and he's the personification of a small man's disease in a Napoleon complex. He's a plutocrat where he can buy anything in life because he can throw half a billion dollars during this stage of the primary season that commercials and avoid running in the primaries in those hinterland states like Iowa because farmers, quote-unquote, <laughs> lack gray matter. They lack gray matter. And if you ever work in a factory, then you're just a stupid rube who just needs to be told how to put a widget on a lathe and turn it in a given direction and follow the arrows. This is the same man at the Syed Business School in Oxford, England, who equated himself and actually said that he was among the intelligentsia and that those other stupid folks in the hinterlands don't understand what we in the intelligentsia think and feel about given values on sexuality, etc. This is our Democratic Party. Lord, help us if we give them power over any aspect of our culture
2: last thing then uh and that's a great summary of all of the uh the the uh, options that were on that stage for democrat voters last night will moderate america choose any of them I mean, I I feel like last night, and we say this from time to time, you know, the big winner of the debate last night was Trump. This case, I really think it's real. I think everything you just described played out before the eyes of millions on live television last night. Each one of these individuals and their incredible fatal flaws or just their characters in general. um, can, Can any one of them, do you think, any one of them is a severe and significant threat to the president?
4: You know, in a a real world, I mean, Donald Trump has his blemishes. You and I have talked about it. Uh, I've been very honest, and I continue to be honest about the things that Donald Trump uh, brings to the table that are negative. Um, However, the economy is strong. He has stood for religious liberty. He has stood for the dignity of unborn children and even post-birth children that the Democrats,
3: as a party,
4: are now arguing to be left to die if they're the survivors of an attempted abortion. This is the crazy lunacy of the left today, where they're actually... Justifying infanticide at least Donald Trump doesn't believe in that at least Donald Trump believes in religious freedom. he's not imposing uh, secularism on me. he's keeping the church excuse me the state out of the business of the church. Thank you. If the economy remains strong, i can't see why anybody in their right mind would mess it up. however. There's stuff going on right now that causes concern to all of us. For example, will the coronavirus and the impact it's going to have on the distribution lines of supplies, medical supplies. Apple came out this week and announced that it's going to miss its projections this quarter because of the coronavirus. So we have some issues that are unforeseen right now. It be seen, but I sure hope that God protects us from the consequences of something like that. And that we can preserve a free Republic rather than, socialist communist state if we actually are crazy enough to give it over to Bernie.
2: We're talking to Dr. Everett Piper this morning as we do each and every Thursday on AM 1420 The Answer. Let me pivot to one of the other guys on that stage last night and talk about uh, Mayor Pete Buttigieg. Pete Buttigieg is a very interesting guy. You know, you talked about, uh, you know, uh, and we talked about this in the past, uh, Buttigieg's belief that uh, it's okay to kill an unborn baby literally up until the moment of birth and if need be after the moment of birth, as long as they haven't cleared the fluid out of its mouth and lungs yet, in order to allow it to take its first breath. Pete Buttigieg has a a very interesting view of, of what life is. And yet, he continues to harangue Donald Trump for his values and his Christianity and his belief in Scripture. I want to play a clip of Pete Buttigieg here and then ask you to comment on this.
3: Do you think it is impossible to be a Christian and support President Trump?
4: Well... I'm not going to tell other Christians
0: how to be Christians. But I will say, I cannot find any compatibility between the way this president conducts himself and anything that
4: I find in scripture. Now, I guess that's my interpretation, but I think that's a lot of people's interpretation, and that interpretation deserves a voice.
2: This guy is coming ac- across, especially with the lunacy of communist Bernie and uh, Mike Bloomberg. Um, he's coming across as the moderate. At least that's what he's trying to paint himself as. Is there anything moderate about that? And and Dr. Piper, as an evangelical. Uh, tell me your thoughts on this uh, this uh, interpretation of scripture that Pete Buttigieg has.
4: Pete Buttigieg, I may get criticized for this, but I don't care. I'm in Oklahoma; and I can dodge the bullet up there. <laughs> <laughs> I, look, Pete Buttigieg is not a Christian. Now, how dare you say that, Everett Piper? Well, because Pete Buttigieg embraces an identity that is not grounded in Christ. Pete Buttigieg is defining himself by his desires. Pete Buttigieg is not dying to self and being born again. Pete Buttigieg is not a new creation Christ. Pete Buttigieg has not decided to repent of those things that the Bible condemns. He's decided to define himself by the things that the Bible condemns. Now, you tell me how you can be a Christian and embrace that worldview and that view of scripture now when he comes to the point of saying i don't see anything donald trump stands for that is consistent with scripture really personal responsibility really the uh the dignity of the human life really personal freedom and religious liberty those things aren't consistent with scripture the first and second amendment those things aren't consistent with scripture private property that's not consistent with scripture You know, they talk about how they support the marginalized and the downtrodden. Well, so do Republicans, so do conservatives. We've just got a different way of doing it. We believe the person should be given responsibility for their lives and that we should worship God, not government, in terms of those solutions. That doesn't make us unbiblical. That just means we've got a different strategy for getting to those solutions of human dignity and human life. This man is not a believer. He's not a Christian. He's just filling, he's created an empty glass of Christianity, if you will, and then he's allowing you to pour whatever you want into that glass to define it as you see fit. That's not biblical Christianity. That is not historical Christianity. That's postmodern mush.
2: Let me follow that up with one other quick question, and that has to do with his sexual orientation. I don't want to bring this up. He brings it up every time he has a town hall event or some other public meeting where he has to turn and give great big hugs and kisses to his husband. It's hard and awkward to say, to be quite honest with you. But I don't care. I care more about his policies. Um, uh, I don't have to endorse his um, uh, his uh, his his lifestyle choice. But he brings it up every time. And and Doctor Piper, I, I just have a problem with him wanting to quote scripture all the time when there is scripture that addresses that. Again, I don't bring it up. He brings it up. Um, how does he get away with that hypocrisy um, with respect to his marriage uh, compared to what the Bible says about marriage and a man and a woman and union etc et etc, cetera, et cetera? and then also the fact that he's using this as his Obama philosophy, Obama won a lot of votes simply by being the first black presidential uh, nominee, uh, and, and that was huge, and a lot of people wanted to be, quote-unquote, uh, a part of history by electing the first black president. He's trying to pull the same thing with their identity politics. I want to be the first gay president, and there are going to be people who say, I want to be a part of that history. Is he playing up his own sexual orientation? And if so, does that de- then open him up to criticism on it, on that behalf?
4: It should. And yes, yes he is, and yes it should. He, Obama was inoculated, if you will, because he was the first black candidate, serious candidate for the presidency. He was inoculated because nobody would talk about anything that
5: pertained
4: to his radical policies, his radical political strategy, his radical solutions, because he was inoculated because of the color of his skin. T. Buttigieg, likewise, is inoculated because he says he's gay. And you're spot on. I'm not the one who keeps talking about homosexual behavior. If you don't want me to know what you're doing in your bedroom, then shut the door. If you keep opening up the door and forcing me and all of the American people to stand there, acknowledge it, applaud and approve... I'm not the one who brought this up. If you want me out of your bedroom, then shut the stupid door and quit making me have to watch, quote-unquote, and applaud. And that's exactly what Judge is doing by bringing this up all the time. We don't need to care about his sexuality all the time. Stop defining yourself by your behaviors. Stop defining yourself by your desires. Stop opening up the door and forcing the rest of us to applaud
2: Dr. Everett Piper joining us on AM 1420, The Answer. We'll take a quick time out now at 1022. Come right back on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, we continue now at 1025. Uh, Dr. Everett Piper with us for five more minutes. Uh, Dr. Piper and I have been talking about the uh, Democratic debate last night and some of the uh, participants therein, including Pete Buttigieg, who is uh, really trying to skate through this uh, without being part of the crossfire, I guess, between Bernie Sanders and uh, Michael Bloomberg and Elizabeth Warren last night. I, I want to follow up on the conversation we just had on Mayor Pete's marriage. You know, the same-sex marriage issue, of course, is a very uh, difficult one for a lot of people, uh, very controversial the way Justice uh, John Roberts allowed that to be uh, um, constitutional, even though it was never a part of the Constitution to begin with. Um, but a lot of us said, Dr. Piper, and I suspect you were one of them, I don't think we were talking to one another back then when this thing was passed, but a lot of people said, if you open the door to same-sex marriage, you open to the door to all types of varying marriages, including potentially polygamy. One man, one woman disappears to being one man, one man, or one woman, one woman. Who's to say that the change won't be in the number rather than the sex? Two men, one woman, et cetera. And I bring that up, of course, to talk about an article in the uh, uh, Federalist um, about polygamy. Uh, the push to legalize polygamy uses the same arguments as the push for same-sex marriage. So, Dr. Piper, we saw this coming. A lot of us saw this coming. We can't be surprised where we are. The question is, is can it ever be stopped now?
4: Well, it can always be stopped by revival, and it can be stopped by repentance. I mean, the history of the Church is the Church is the soap that cleanses culture, if you will. The Church is the soap that cleanses itself, quite frankly. That's the uniqueness of Christianity. It has the ability to facilitate self-cleansing, self-critique, self, and then the revival and the redemption that comes from the message of Christ. Now, back to this issue of polygamy as a natural outcome, of the homosexual marriage argument, it's, it was, I mean, how many of us said this is coming? And we were mocked, we were ridiculed, guys are yeah. alarmists, but I i have what I call my, oh, that'll never happen file, because people will say, oh, that'll never happen, well, here we are, <laughs> indeed we're here. And why wouldn't we? Because if consent is the only measure of morality, if two consenting adults make something moral that wasn't moral two seconds ago. If you can just get someone else to consent to what you want to do, what was wrong five seconds ago is now all of a sudden right. That's the nature of the homosexual marriage argument. That's the nature of most of the morality arguments that we have in play right now, especially from the left. Now, if consent is the only measure of morality, and you can get two people to consent to your libido... Three people to consent to your libidinous appetite. Five, six, ten. Why should anybody tell you not to do that? That's the logic of the left. And that's where we are right now. Utah is trying to make it legal. Mark my words. Mark my words. I'm gonna be on your show in the near future because we're gonna say, said so, we told you so, here it is. We now have polygamy legal across the entire United States. Now what's next? What about in incestuous relationships? What about a father marrying his daughter, or mother marrying her two sons. Why isn't that okay if consent is the only thing in play? There is no standard to make these judgments anymore if we lose the common sense, the natural law, that is endowed to us by our creators, self-evident truths that are given to us by God, not by government. These truths come from the Judeo-Christian ethic, and... The rock-solid, immutable standard of scripture, that's what has given us a free culture and a free society. Without that, all hell breaks loose, literally, and that's where we are in this debate.
2: I can't imagine how thick that file is. The the, that will never happen file that you keep. Because, I mean, in all seriousness, everything you just said, uh, you know, we talked about polygamy, every, the incestuous, It's it, that'll never happen. My, in my own mind, I'm interviewing you, and I'm on your side, and I agree with you, and I'm hearing you say these things. And in the back of my own mind, Dr. Piper, I'm saying to myself, oh, come on, now that'll never happen. But doggone it, we cannot say that with any certainty. Put that in your file and pull it back out when it happens, because we have been proven, uh, you have been proven right about that enough times.
4: Absolutely, absolutely. Did you ever think it would happen where we'd have a homosexual candidate for president kissing his husband on the stump seat? Time and time again. And everybody's shrugging and saying, no big deal. That's where we are as a culture.
2: That's exactly right, and it is where we are as a culture. And, and and if it stopped right there, you know, I don't want to sit here and say I'll endorse it because I don't endorse it. I am I am a, a biblical a believer in biblical scripture, um. But okay, but if it stops there, I won't endorse it. But I'll say all right. It continues, though, into the next level, the next level, the next level of these things that will never happen, and now we've got a very serious cultural problem on our hands, and that's something that we will continue to document and monitor. Dr. Everett Piper, thanks so much. Great insights, as always. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Blessings. Bye-bye. Thank you, Dr. Piper. That's Dr. Everett Piper. I told you we were jammed up today. Uh, coming up after the bottom of the hour news, which is now, we are going to talk to our friend Jim Simpson, who is the director of, uh, the Red Green Axis Exposed organization. We're going to talk to Jim as he talks to his next guest on the next webinar for RGA, which is Red Green Axis Exposed, uh, Maria Espinosa who is the National Director of the Remembrance Project. We are going to talk about protecting people in the United States from criminal illegal aliens who continue to kill people like Maria's family uh, and who continue to be defended and protected by sanctuary city laws and more here in the United States of America. That will be the subject of the next webinar for RGA Exposed, and we'll talk to them next right here in 1420 The Answer. 10.37, we continue now at AM 1420, The Answer, the day after the debate. Uh, we're going to shift gears a little bit. They didn't talk much about immigration last night, although Joe Biden is on the defensive over his um, work with Barack Obama and their immigration policies, which were, strangely, a lot stronger than people want to admit uh, they deported far more people than Bill Clinton, than George W. Bush did. Uh, the Obama administration was a deportation machine compared to a lot of other administrations. Um, there was a time when Joe Biden was proud of that. Uh, that time has passed. He now apologizes for that, which is why, of course, it is so important that we reelect President Trump so that we can indeed continue to, A, Reinforce our own sovereignty by making sure our borders are secure and B, protect the people living within those borders. Um, illegal immigrants continue to commit very dangerous, violent crimes, including killing people, and they are protected, even when they commit crimes, and then they are not held over, despite ICE detainers in sanctuary cities all across this country, and it has become a very serious national security issue, and that's why they're tackling it with red-green axis exposed. Our friend Jim Simpson is the director and president of uh, Red Green Axis Exposed, and he is about to host his next and their next webinar, uh, which is coming up on Sunday. And um, his guest is going to be Maria Espinosa, who is known for her success in gaining national recognition when President Trump embraced and recognized her organization, the Remembrance Project. Uh, and Maria Espinosa and Jim Simpson join us now, together here on AM 1420, The Answer. Uh, Maria, good morning. How are you?
3: Good morning. Thank you for
2: having me on. And uh, Jim Simpson, thank you for joining us again. How are you?
6: Hey, Bob. Great to be with you.
2: Good to talk to you, as always. We'll talk about the webinar coming up in just a moment. First, let's talk about who you are. Maria, you and I have spoken on these airwaves before. I met you, I think, the first time at a a fair event, Federation for uh, American Immigration Reform. Uh, Remind everybody who does not know, though, what the Remembrance Project is and how and why it was born.
3: Yes, I would love to. The Remembrance Project is a voice for the voiceless, for those Americans who were killed by illegal aliens, you know, people who shouldn't be here in their first place. And my husband and I started the Remembrance Project in Houston, Texas in 2009 after learning about the sanctuary city policies uh, practiced here in the city of Houston. And after doing some digging, we realized that there weren't just Texans, uh, but many Americans all across the United States that were being killed, murdered, maimed, um, you know, sometimes, you know, raped and child, molest, uh, child molestation also was a very huge in that illegal alien demographic, but we focused only on the most egregious, which is the loss of life. And we uh, helped raise awareness through our stolen life quilt banners, and that's what your be- uh, listeners probably saw during the presidential uh, Donald Trump's presidential campaign where there are families on stage with him in all over the country in different states, uh, mothers, angel moms that we call them, and dads and angel families, you know, telling about their tragic stories. And, you know, President Donald Trump is the only one who listens uh, to these families and reached out to our organization. And he actually created the Office of Voice, Victims of Immigration Crime Engagement, as a promise to
2: me and my organization. That's a great uh, uh, summary of, of who and what the Remembrance Project is, Jim Simpson. I want to talk about again. I think most people who know you and listen to the show probably have an idea of what the Red Green Axis is. But for those who are new, let's make sure everybody is caught up. Uh, what is first of all? Describe the Red Green Axis. You know, and and the the you know, the alliance, uh, or at least the uh, the. Um, Uh, the uh, the shared goals, if you will, of the communist uh, ideals in this country, uh, along with uh, radical Islam, but also then how that ties to the Remembrance Project, Jim Simpson.
6: Well, okay, so the Red-Green Axis, of course, is the alliance between uh, the radical left in the United States, which pretty much consumes the entire Democrat Party these days, and the... uh, Muslim organizations, uh, which are also very radical, but the Muslim Brotherhood Organization, most prominently uh, featured by uh Council on American-Islamic Relations, they are working together to undermine every element of our society. Uh, uh, the Muslims uh, can do this under the protection of the First Amendment, and they brag about that that they have this special pass because the First Amendment, you know, gives protections to legal organizations, I mean to religious organizations, even though they will tell you they are not a religious organization. They are an organization that uh, uh, encompasses every aspect of living, uh, political, social, and religious, and we have to submit to their view of the world. And they say this. There was even a a training manual put out by a University of Indiana professor, Muslim professor, who explains how we have to submit to everything that they demand. Uh, But it's crazy. But the two of them together have this alliance, which between them has been very effective at silencing us, shutting us down, uh, undermining our Constitution and uh, bringing more and more radical politicians into office. And the illegal alien uh, situation further facilitates that because we are bringing in all these people. We don't know where they're from. They uh, are not supposed to vote, but sometimes they vote anyway. And it's as I said in my first book, the agenda to erase America, replacing America by replacing its people, and it it all works for the same goal. I want to correct you on one thing you said before, right before we came on, though. Mm
3: -hmm.
6: Uh, Obama has the um, reputation of being deporter-in-chief, but actually, when you look at Uh, removals and returns, which are the two different kinds of deportations. When you put them together, he had the lowest number of any president in recent history. What he did was um, redefine returns, which are just where you um, meet somebody at the border and tell them, okay, there's the border, go back just the way you came, uh, and then returns, which are deportations. And he called, uh, uh, I mean, removals, which are deportation. He right. called uh, returns expedited removals. So by doing so, he could claim that all of these people who were just basically being told to pointed towards the border and they were caught and sent back. Uh, he could, he could, uh, claim those as deportations. But when you put the deportation numbers and the returns, uh, together, his were less than half of what Bush did.
2: Okay, and that is important to know. We're talking to Jim Simpson uh, from uh, Red Green Axis Exposed, and Marie Espinoza from the Remembrance Project. Maria, I want to follow up on that, um, and and I want to talk about what we would be returning to if we were to. And I'm not necessarily asking you to get political uh, on this, but Mayor Mike Bloomberg, who was on the debate stage last night, has had a lot of his past statements coming up uh, uh, against him. And I want to address one with you because it has to do with immigration. He described the dangers of this earth. He said, literally, of the earth now, uh, you know, the world at large, not just the United States, because of gun violence, and 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 he talked about um, open travel being a huge danger in this country. And in the very same comment, he then said, the solution to that is not more borders. The solution to that is less borders. He's calling for an open border society, essentially. Um, how, as the director of the Remembrance Project? How dangerous would open borders, unenforced, completely, be for the American people?
3: Very, very dangerous, Bob. And, and again, Jim, thank you for um, clarifying that about Obama's returns. And that's absolutely correct. Um, very dangerous. And um, we can see now that the huge uptick just in under Obama, just think about this, under, in the last eight years under Obama and the situation that we're in now is The opioid crisis, the sex and human trafficking, you know, we've never heard of that. We've been kidnapping. Um, all of these has, all of these problems have increased exponentially because we have an open border and because, um, basically we're saying, come on in. We're not going to deport you. In fact, we're going to give you a flight into the interior and then release you. And you don't have to show up, basically, because 90% of those cases, those individuals don't show up for their court case when they're given a date, a court appearance, they ignore it. But the most egregious of all of illegal em- immigration that they bring um, to our country is the lawlessness and the loss of life. And we are placing our children in harm's way with all the uptick, again, in the gangs sending them right next to our children in schools, on the schoolyards, opioids and drugs, fentanyl. The the issues of an open border is rampant all across the United States. And several years back, if you recall, um, we and also Tea Party Patriots actually was talking about that every state is a border state. And this is a perfect example. You cannot pick up the paper without seeing... um, an illegal alien committing some sort of egregious crime, and guess what? The sanctuary city policies are still in place, and we're in battling with them in the courts. This is a uh, an issue of enforcing the lo- existing laws and not giving illegal aliens who shouldn't be here in the first place mm-hmm. a pass. And that's what we're doing. So it's only going to get worse. And the media. How they are covering up the, all of these killings and um, uh, criminal acts by illegal aliens is, is uh, just unacceptable, and we have to understand as an American, thank you, yes, that um, this is going on. The media is not our friend, and instead of reporting the truth, they're hiding and protecting the illegal aliens.
2: Let me uh let me share with you a piece of audio. Um and this is the mayor of the city of Los Angeles just last week um made this public service announcement uh if you want to call it public service uh made this announcement and put it on the city's Twitter feed and his own personal mayor of Los Angeles feed. This is what he said.
1: status. I want every Angelino to know their rights and how to exercise them. Remember, you have the right to remain silent." You don't have to open your door to an ICE agent that doesn't have a warrant signed by a judge. You have the right to speak to a lawyer before signing any documents or speaking to law enforcement. And if you need help finding an attorney, you can call 311 and learn more about our justice fund and other resources that offer legal support. And whenever possible, keep a record of everything that happens. Take note of an officer's name and badge number, of when and where you're being questioned, so you can use that information in your own defense. And most importantly, I want you to know you do not need to be afraid. Your city is on your side. And rest assured, here in Los Angeles, we are not coordinating with ICE.
2: He stood next to the chief of police in Los Angeles, Jim Simpson, when he made that speech, and the chief of police nodded along accordingly. How do we win? It's
6: it's insane. Well, I believe you know these people are violating federal law. They need to be arrested.
3: Mm
6: -hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are undermining rule of law in our nation, which is the uh, what gave our nation its stability. what gives our nation its stability. It's the foundation on which this country was created. And they are undermining the rule. And that's really you know the agenda here because these people are, they're all extreme leftists, They're taking a wrecking crew to our Constitution, a wrecking ball rather, and and that's what they're doing, and that's what they're trying to do. I mean, don't make any mistake about it,
2: Maria. I'll give you the last word on this. I got thirty seconds. Go ahead.
3: Okay, that's exactly correct, Jim. And we have the laws in place that we could prosecute these individuals. You know, you had we have judges now um, aiding and abetting illegal aliens. They should be prosecuted. I know the Massachusetts judge who did that was prosecuted. We have Title 8, Section 1324, which Tom Hogan, former ICE director for the president, you know, was championing. But we have Republicans and Democrats who are unwilling to enforce the law to protect Americans.
2: Jim Simpson runs Red Green Axis Exposed, and their next webinar, a national security uh, discussion with respect to the dangers of illegal immigration unchecked in this country, it's coming up on Sunday. If you would like to be a part of this, you need to email to get the link to the uh, webinar. Email RGA, which stands for Red Green Axis, RGA at EagleFireMail.com to get a link to watch and participate in this uh, Red Green Axis Exposed event with Maria. Maria. Maria Espinosa from the Remembrance Project. It's coming up this Sunday at 7.30 p.m. Maria and Jim, I wish you both the very best. I thank you for, again, uh, staying vigilant on this issue. Uh, We'll look forward to checking in on the uh, webinar on Sunday, and we'll talk to you both again.
6: Thank you. Be with you.
2: Thank you, and you as well. 1052, final time out of the uh, broadcast coming up here. We'll squeeze a call or two in if you want to get one in now at two one six nine zero one zero nine four five as we wrap it up on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, there was a shorter break than I thought, so that means i got a little bit of time here for you at 1055 before we turn it over to Mike Gallagher then Dennis Prager, then, of course, America First with Dr. Gorka, Jay Sekulow Live, and, of course, Larry Elder tonight. Oh, what am I saying? It'll be Bob France tonight. I will be sitting in for the sage of South Central tonight from 7 to 10 right here on AM 1420, The Answer. So um, if you have the ability, turn on the radio tonight. We'll have more in-depth analysis. We'll have more time, obviously, in a three-hour show of yesterday's debates and where we go from here. A uh, quick phone call from Todd calling from Ward 1. Todd! Todd, Todd, Todd. Hey, brother. Listen, before you get started, got to ask you because you are my Chaka Khan guy. When we were talking about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Rufus
5: and Chaka Khan.
2: Okay, thank you, and Rufus. So, tell me your thoughts on the anthem. I was thinking about you when that thing was on.
5: Um, she put a lot of energy into that. She might have. She should have stayed in the range, <laughs> but I still. But I was still with it. I still supported it.
2: Did you? I, I gotta tell you, man. I, it was it, that was brutal. I thought Fergie was bad. This oh, was just as bad. That, no, it, no, was brutal, it was brutal, man. She bad. tried to change the entire pitch. She tried ah. to change the the melody to make it something that it isn't. You just, I mean, I'm thinking of Whitney, and I'm thinking, how can you do this? And Whitney is probably looking down and saying, you don't do this to that song. Don't do this to what I made beautiful. Oh, that was painful. I love Chaka Khan. You know that I've said that, but I could not understand why she did that at the All Star Game. So
5: I rebuke you, Bob Francis. <laughs> I rebuke you. <laughs> Moving forward.
2: Go ahead. What, what, what else you got?
5: I don't. I don't know. I don't know that I have a comment about Biden and two questions about Bloomberg. Right. I don't know that um, Biden truly did apologize for being a participant and putting all those folks out of the country. I didn't hear it, but if he did, I would think that he should address what have you done. Since you felt this remorse to get the ones that you thought shouldn't have been deported back into the country. Because if you haven't adre- if you're not gonna address that, then your apology is empty. And then in reference to Bloomberg, I really wish at some point, and I'm sending this to this campaign team, this question, how many African Americans do you employ in middle to upper management in your company? Because if you can tell me that, that'll give me some insight as to what you've actually done to support the upward mobility of the african-american population inside of something that you actually could control your own company and then my last question would have been did he recognize that greenwood which is what he's naming the greenwood project after was actually a middle to upper middle class section of the back end of tulsa and if you want to donate 70 billion dollars to the most deprived black neighborhoods and name this project the greenwood project why not start with the middle class first that's what the project's named
2: after. I'll tell you what, in the interest of time, because i got 45 seconds, I'm going to answer the first two. Todd, thanks for the call. Number one, Joe Biden didn't apologize on the stage. He did so at an event. Uh, this past July, where he was confronted by a bunch of uh, immigration protesters, and he said, I will not apologize for deporting people who committed a felony, but I will apologize for deportations if, in fact, you were just deported uh, because you were only engaged in a misdemeanor or your family was separated. So he apologized to people deported who were not criminal aliens. That's number one. Number two, as far as Bloomberg, of course he doesn't hire uh, uh, minorities for those uh, uh, positions. You heard him himself. He said black and Latinos don't know how to behave in the workplace. You keep that in mind when you think about voting for Michael Bloomberg if he makes it to the general. It's all the time we got. Have a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Silence.